Game time. You're listening to the House League Heroes podcast with your hosts, Riley Barton and Tanner Chuby. Follow the guys on Instagram at underscore Riley Barton underscore and Tanner C-H-U-B-E-Y. All right, welcome back. Episode number five of the House League Heroes podcast. My name's Riley Barton, joined by the beautiful beautiful <laughs> hi i'm tanner well, sorry that caught me off guard that's just a great compliment to have uh yeah episode five we got it right again we're on a roll i know pretty good um also the biggest headline of the day joe first of all riley how are you doing it, it's it, i mean this is like the closest we've done episodes together i think since we started this podcast yeah pretty much um i'm pretty much doing just as good as i was doing last time which I don't know if that was good or bad or I'm there, you know, I'm, I'm You're here. I'm existing. Life's life's going. Okay. Um, let's get the show going. <laughs> um, Joe Sackick is a Stanley cup champion and no, it's not 2001. It is 2022. <laughs> Joe Sackick is a Stanley cup champion as a general manager. The Colorado avalanche defeated the Tampa Bay lightning in six games or so we thought um, for those that don't know, they've changed the rule for Tampa um they're extending it to a best of nine and uh tampa's taking all these coming up here yeah it was um something to do with the salary cap i think so they had to push it they to j- nine. <laughs> yeah they've they circumvented <laughs> circumvented the the playoff format um First of all, man, uh, congratulations to the Tampa Bay Lightning. All, all those guys like Gabriel Landeskog, the captain, and uh, Nathan McKinnon, Kale McCarr that uh, ended up going on to win the uh, Conn Smythe, which I don't think anyone uh, could have argued really. Um, just, uh, Riley, what were your thoughts? I don't know if you caught that game six, but what was your thoughts on on how things ended? Well, I was actually watching Top Gun um, while, oh. while, I was, while the game was going on. Screw uh, the Stanley Cup Finals, man. Can we just talk about that? <laughs> what a great movie, for one. I, I, literally, awesome. I came home and I shaved everything but my mustache, and I'm growing the mustache out now. So, <laughs> I mean, like, I want to be Miles Teller. He's sick. Yeah. Dude, that scene where uh, <laughs> Maverick just proves you can fly the route is so badass. <laughs> in, in like 15 seconds shorter than they were, they, that no yeah. one can get. Like, oh my God. Anyone who hasn't seen that movie, go see it. It's so good. It, so man, good. Th- it's hard to follow up. Like, sequels usually flop, man. They killed that. Yeah, that was like, just, great. Even if you're not a fan of action, just the movie itself, like the acting, the writing, it's awesome. Yeah, I was, was I was really impressed. Um, but anyways, I guess your aftermath reaction to the game. Yeah, so I was while I was watching the movie, I was following along uh, just on my phone, on, checking the score and stuff like that. And um, then I watched the highlights after and saw the aftermath. And yeah, I wasn't shocked. Um, you and I both had Tampa and seven, but you know, it's not like six is like this crazy thing that we never saw yeah. coming. Like, um, also, I think I need to clarify to people: it's not like I had anything against. Colorado like people are like messaging yeah. me and being like oh, like Tampa lost I'm like I don't care like this it, I'm excited that <laughs> the Avs won it was a prediction um but yeah so I thought it was awesome um it was nice to see them dent the cup five minutes into getting it that oh was pretty God. funny I couldn't believe that happened and what a dent too have you seen the state of the cup right now it is mangled it's, it's not good <laughs> like just what a perfect time too with the cameras right on him right before the team <laughs> yeah, picture. The whole he's the last guy in. Like <laughs> I love I love all the his teammates' reaction though. They all just fucking laugh. They I know. Well like care. what are they what are they gonna do? Yeah, that was that was good. I thought that was funny. Um Yeah, you know, I've had some friends I've talked with about that too. I have nothing like I literally have McKinnon's jersey hanging yeah. on my wall there. Like I have nothing against the Avalanche at all. I'm happy they won really just a likable team oh like, yeah just like, all what, around. can you not like like I, I know some people don't like mckinnon because you know of his like personality and stuff but as soon as he won now he seems like a great you, guy he's ready to go it. he wanted to win and now he won and he's a half decent human like crazy that's quote of of the like season by the oh, way yeah. about talking about crosby and 
saying, you know, Crosby, he was the drunkest at Crosby's parade. He better be there. Can you even picture Sidney Crosby with alcohol in his system? No, I could see him like taking a shot of something for a brand deal and being like, that's great. And just no other reaction. Like, dude's got, like, the, there's no way he drinks. Like, I can't, I wouldn't believe it. The only time I see Crosby drinking is like at a meeting with his general manager in like Belize on yeah. the beach or just like a <laughs> glass of wine. Yeah, you know, and he holds it with his legs crossed. That's yeah. the only a way glass I see of Crosby. wine on the beach. That is Sidney Crosby right there. That's all. Like, really? Can you pick? You can't picture him like no. shotgunning a beer. Like, no, come no, on. No. Um, yeah, that was a great quote by McKinnon. Um, Codger's quote, quote was also awesome, telling all the haters they could kiss his ass. A lot of great quotes were coming out of uh, everyone. It, it was fun. They were ready to win that. Oh yeah, and they and you know what, man? They deserved it too. They lost four games, all playoffs. Like this is yeah, they were the best team. Um, My favorite part was uh, I think the best quote was McKinnon saying, "I I think I might get fat, so I don't know if we're going back to back." <laughs> he knows that's not true. Oh but yeah, but it is. It is pretty good. I'm sure um, he'll give himself a week of uh of a diet that he doesn't care about, and then he'll he'll be right back on the the chickpea diet. Who knows? Maybe he does. Maybe he goes full 2018 Ovechkin. <laughs> guys swimming in fountains. And I hope so. That'd be great. He's like jet skiing in, in the Atlantic <laughs> with the cup. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, the abs, man, they, they just worked for uh, kudos to Darcy Kemper, too. Um, didn't have the greatest series, but was really good in that game six. Yeah. Um, he, he outplayed Vassy uh, at that point. Um now uh, you brought up the back-to-back uh scenario that the abs have some some big decisions coming up in the offseason so uh nicholas abe kubel i'm just I, it's too hard of a name to pronounce so i'm just going to call him cup dropper from now on sure. um arturi lekkanen are both ufas um then your ufas andre burakovsky who was a big part in this postseason and was hurt um andrew cogliano was a trade deadline acquisition uh darren helm Nazem Kadri, Valerie Nachushkin, and Nico Stern. Those are all UFAs on the forward core. And then on the back end, you have Jack Johnson, Josh Manson, Ryan Murray, and then um, Darcy Kemper and that. So there's a lot of, and Cap Friendly estimates about $25 million in cap space um, for the team. But that's a lot of big names. Uh, Kadri is predicted to probably not come back. Yeah. Um, they're going to lose some pieces for sure, but. As long as those core guys are there, uh, and now they know how to win, I think they're going to be able to go right back on another deep run, no matter how fat the team gets. Kudos, kudos to Joe Sackick with those deadline pickups, man. Josh Huge. Manson, man, the, I don't think they come this far without him. I know he he wasn't the the top pairing guy, but I remember watching them against Vegas last year. They got slammed on the board battles in their own end. That was not the case this year. And that big body for Manson helped out so much. Big time, yeah. Um, who else? You had Lekkonen. He scored the the series winner. Um, didn't he score? I think he scored the... I don't know. I'm not going to say it if I'm not sure. But <laughs> um, just, again, a valuable piece as well. And then uh, Detroit Red Wings legend Darren Helm. Beauty. Um, who everyone found out still plays hockey this year. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's going to be fun to watch, man. Uh, I really am happy for Gabriel Landeskog as well. I think he's personally one of the most underrated captains in the league. You never hear him uh, very controversial. Yeah. There's been a lot of times where maybe like even like a call or something hasn't gone his way and he, he keeps his mouth shut. He knows just to keep, there's nothing he can do about it and he just moves forward. Yeah. I think he gets overshadowed in the media by McKinnon for sure. And, um, yeah, it, it's good to see him win. he's letting loose right now. I don't know if you've seen any talk about this guy <laughs> walking around with a cup naked the other day <laughs> in the hotel room. Interesting. Oh, fellow. Man. Could there be anything like more fun than winning the Stanley Cup and the party that follows afterwards? No way, man. Did you see um, Eric Johnson talking about them trying to book a party? No. In Colorado? So the, him, he said him and Landeskog and Landeskog's wife were like calling a bunch of bars and stuff to like plan the party for a, tonight, I guess, or yesterday night, whatever yeah. it was. And Well, the parade's tomorrow, I believe. Yeah, so it will, probably would be tonight. But um. Either way, so they were trying to plan it, and there was only one bar in all of downtown Colorado that still had liquor 
left for because of all the party. Wow. Like the city is drank it dry. Like there's nothing left right now. Wow. So I thought that would have been the case with like weed or something there, but I guess not. <laughs> I'm sure that's same same issue. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that supply is pretty low as well. Yeah. Um wow, that's crazy. No, I didn't hear that. That's fucking nuts. Yeah. Um that's another guy, Eric Johnson, like just a guy you really don't think of, but just a consistent and longtime uh, member of the Avalanche. And I love that picture. I believe it was Landeskog, McKinnon, Comfer, uh, Johnson, and maybe Rantanen from that awful 2017 team. Like, guys, it was five years ago that team was setting like record worsts. Yeah. They last in the NHL. Yeah, that that's a f- pretty uh, fast turnaround rate. Um, I also love the quote, and just because he's on Nashville, I it just got to rub it in a little bit. I love that Matt Duchesne left that team because he wanted to play for a contender, <laughs> and he's been with Ottawa and Nashville, and he got swept on the way. And nothing against Matt Duchesne either. I just, you know, just, nah, just don't play just for the Just fire Predators. shots at Matt Duchesne just because, you know. Yeah, why not? <laughs> I'm sure he's an awful human being. I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, uh, on the other side, uh, anything else you want to touch on on the Avs side? Um, not really just congrats to the whole team they're gonna enjoy it for a while and they're also their team easily could go back to back yeah like you said those big guys stay together they're ready they know how to win now um on the tampa side uh that game six um there was a lot of controversy with with the way some of them acted um, yeah I, i'm gonna start off by saying i don't like support how they acted like at all um like kucherov throwing a glove at the trainer or maroon uh chopping firewood on josh manson's ankle (laughs) um but i i understand where it comes from in a sense these guys are these guys are winners they're proud um it's not the right way of going about letting your frustration out and you got to win with some dignity um but at the same time, I, I understand why maybe it's a little bit frustrating and how the emotions maybe got the better of some of those players. Yeah, I, I don't think it's much of a secret that Kucherov's kind of a baby in that sense. He's always acted mm. out that way, and he's had trouble controlling his emotions. So when I saw that, I was like, yeah, that's about right. Like, of course, Kucherov, one of the best players in the world, is going to throw his glove at a trainer. You, man, like, you can't do that. Like, anyone saying, like, the trainer should have been ready, should have mm. stick ready, like, dude. Like, th- that game was, I know there was 25 seconds left, but Kucherov had given up long before that yeah. point. Um, and then I think um, for the others, like, obviously, the, the I think the biggest frustration is uh, they knew they could have won it. Mm-hmm. So they were just more annoyed than anything is because they're like, we could have done this and we, we just yeah. didn't pull through. Because they could have easily, they could have won that series, and yeah, that's that's got to suck. But at the same time, they've won, so it was a little more tame. But yeah, um, like uh, there was also Stamkos who wired a puck at the ref yeah. after a penalty was called. Like, come on, you know, you can't. Um, and and that was one thing with, as this series went on, man. Like as as cool as I would have been to see tampa win the fact that they argued and looked over every single call or goal yeah like, like just play you know, the game just guys just accept it you yeah. got scored on like you guys know how to, like that's the thing they they know how to win through that adversary and then this year they did not act like they knew what they were doing yeah, like they looked it, like it a was, desperate team that was outmatched trying to claw their way back into it when that was not the case yeah it, it was it was kind of uh very sad to see and yeah you you said it right about kucherov he's had troubles with this throughout his career and um i i don't know what like discipline would be um for him it, it would just be within the organization obviously but i don't know what that looks like it's but it'd be nice if he, to be honest but be nice if he could get it under wraps a little yeah. bit because he's way too good of a player to be th- throwing gloves at the guy who gives him his st- <laughs> the guy making 70 grand a year behind the bench yeah, right like come on <laughs> um the injury list that we had kept uh hinting at and predicting <laughs> came out and it, it's dude did we call it or did we call it? i'm gonna go through it yeah. right now so this is from uh bolts general manager julian brisewa so pierre edward bellamar had a meniscus injury from the start of the playoffs 
Anthony Sorelli had a shoulder AC joint sprain versus New York and a dislocated other shoulder versus Colorado. So the guy had no upper body. <laughs> Kucherov had an MCL sprain versus Colorado. So, I mean, MCL is never anything fun to deal with. Uh, Nick Paul had a shoulder AC joint sprain versus New York. And then to add on to that, an MCL sprain versus Colorado. Um, Perry had a shoulder AC joint sprain versus uh, New York Rangers, drinking the same thing as um, Shirelli. Uh, Point had a significant quad tear versus Colorado. That one seemed obvious from when the injury happened. Um, He never he made it back in the lineup for two games, just was not able to heal in time. And then Ryan McDonough, this the way they describe it just makes me like (laughs) wince. A mangled finger yeah, from a block. I, like, quote-unquote mangled finger. I was like, just what the, What is that? That's how I describe someone when they're, like, blackout drunk. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so I, like, thinking of a body part specifically, that could not be good. That's just not a pleasant word to no. describe an injury. Um, For all those yeah. guys, I just could not imagine after every game going to bed and just the pain they were in. Like, oh, I have to do this again. Like, are you kidding me? Oh, I, I, I don't understand. Um, holy, yeah, no, I, I don't get it. I, I, I've never had like a tear ever. So like, I don't know terribly what they feel like. Like I've yeah. the worst like sprain I've had too would have been like on my ankle, just like rolling it or something. Like I've had broken bones, but like, man, I, then going and playing out in the most competitive league in the world, the most physical league in the world, and trying to like every time you get hit against the boards, like you just feel it, yeah. like in all those areas. Every time you you get hit, like you're off the ice, back onto the bench, and you're just trying to like hold your breath in for the next shift because you're hurting so bad. And that's how much pride these guys take, right? Like they're part of an organization. They want to win so bad. They want to be a factor in winning. Yeah. Um. And. There was a quote, I can't remember who said it, but it was, um, we would have been playing like with an AHL team if we had sat everyone with an injury, which is like looking at it now, like, yeah, they would have. Which Um, is nuts. Yeah, so crazy. The fact they pushed it to six with all that going on, um, congrats to the Lightning. And that's taking nothing away from the Avs either. They dealt with their own injury injury problems. Nachushkin playing on a broken foot. Actually broken. Not just like fractured or sprained. Like full on broken foot. Do you see that them wheeling him? Yeah. Like after like. He didn't oh, care. Okay, now, he didn't have a care in the world. Could, now he could take time on. Do you see the pictures of his foot too? They were. It was black. Yeah. It, it was nasty. You saw the x-rays. Yeah. Yeah. Like. Oh my goodness. So, yeah, they have to just pretend they're not hurt until the end, which is the craziest part. I love how as soon as that game's over, yeah, they're wheeling him around on stuff because he can't walk on his own. Like that was uh, he gave it all he had until they won. Yeah, the doctors are probably sitting there after the cup, and they're like, you know, you probably shouldn't have played on that. You know? <laughs> yeah, he's like, you probably should have sat that game. Yeah, he's like, this may have taken a year off your career or something. Yeah. you know, he's like, I don't care. And Want a cup? As he's I'd do pounding it again. back vodka heading to the hotel yeah like, yeah, yeah doc. sounds good buddy yeah um in terms of uh, the lightning as well i, I want to give a big shout out we we talk lots about victor hedman um the best defenseman on that team that series was mikhail sergachev and the yeah. fact that kid is what 23 24 years old mark bergevin man what were you doing <laughs> that kid is a stud like, yeah he was he's great both ends of the ice he's gonna be and you're learning under victor hedman and ryan mcdonough that kid's gonna be sick that's a norris winner 100 percent. yeah he, he's got a good career ahead of him i'm gonna keep picking him up in fantasy every year okay well i i'm not gonna go that road <laughs> but that that's a nah, that's a long story um <laughs> Hedman wasn't as uh, I'm surprised nothing came out about Hedman just didn't have the greatest series um, yeah I really thought he was hurt he just got outplayed um, and pretty much uh, in terms of the lightning if you're looking forward uh, John Cooper saying you know we've met our match uh, got to get right back to work and you're not losing much this yeah. this offseason um, looking at their cap friendly here uh, the only UFA, the only UFAs on forward are Riley Nash, which was a trade deadline pickup. Same thing with Nick Paul and Andre Palat, which is a pretty big one. They're probably going to lose. Um, and then just Jan Ruda on the back. So only four 
UFA is coming up for the Lightning. Pretty much the rest of the roster is coming back. So that's really good news. And, you know, everyone's saying, well, who who replaces Nick Paul? Braden Point. Yeah. When he's healthy. When he's fine, that's not a hole anymore. <laughs> yeah. You're, the Lightning are going to be A-OK. Yeah. Um, anything else to add uh, on the final uh, and the playoffs as a whole? Really? Yeah, I guess just it was, it was a great playoffs. I think it was all the games were fun. Most series, like we had a few boring series mixed in, but like for the most part, I enjoyed watching every single one across the board. It feels weird that it's ending at the end of June. This season has felt uh, like a long one. It yeah. has been. Um, so, uh, yeah, we're, we made it to the end and we're right back at it with the draft and free agency coming up here pretty so quick. quick. Uh, one final shout out to Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, who led the playoffs in points after being out in the conference finals. <laughs> McDavid with 33, Dreisaitl with 32. I think third was Makar yeah. with 29 or Just somewhere around there. Absolutely dominant performance from those two. Just That's racking insane. the points. That's crazy. Hopefully uh, we see those guys uh, maybe try and push push a little farther next year as well because they're Hopefully two guys not. that definitely deserve it okay well you know what if they just go to another team then i can share them i would not be upset with that either <laughs> i would and they might win okay. something what do you mean mike smith was close my bad man. hey i got nothing against mike smith he's a great guy he is a great guy just uh doesn't know how to play the crease. Yeah, every he's now definitely and then. sane as well. He's definitely got no mental issues. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Mike Smith, man. Everyone, you know what? He'll have. He went on that like nine and zero streak this season, like towards the end when Woodcroft got there. Yeah, one bad game. And Done. Fucking everyone Done. is on him. Nobody game over. Cares. Mike Smith sucks so bad. <laughs> Guy was great against LA. Did relatively well against the Flames. Bad series against probably the most offensive it was team his on fault. paper. It was his fault. All his fault. <laughs> like, what, what do you mean? <laughs> Poor guy. Yeah, no kidding. Um, so, yeah, moving on from the playoffs, uh, we had our first big off-season move that happened today. Yeah. Uh, which was huge. Caught me uh, off guard. I It just, like, yeah. popped up. I, I don't get a lot of notifications, but I get, like, the NHL app ones, and they don't put a lot yeah. out, and it – popped up and i was i was shocked they don't it wasn't the other young rfa winger that i think everyone is is expecting <laughs> to see moved um kevin fiala from the minnesota wild who was an rfa with arbitration rights coming up this off season uh was traded his rights were traded to the la kings for a uh the 22nd overall pick this year as well as brock uh faber uh young defensive prospect for the uh la kings um played on the u.s olympic team this year as well um and uh played for he's from minnesota and plays at uh the university of minnesota so a hometown boy nice coming coming to the organization um kevin fiala then signed a seven-year extension worth 7.9 million per year i believe 16 million of that is in signing bonuses uh riley i first off uh kind of just initial thoughts on the trade when when it broke i was surprised that it was la and that it was done this early to be honest um Mm -hmm. because i hadn't heard anything about any movement with fiala i i expected him to maybe be moved but like it it just came out of nowhere for me um but i think that's a that's a good pickup for la i think he's gonna fit right in with their squad and they need a guy like him um fiala coming off a career year uh 85 points in 82 games um he had zero goals uh in the postseason this year uh here's my thing we are in a time where young rfas are getting uh paid very handsomely um before really they have accomplished uh anything with that kind of money uh you know a few examples marner matthews um uh, Fiala here and here's why I say Fiala prior to this year uh, like 7.9 million dollars uh, is a lot of money yeah. for, for a player and a lot of money to go against the team salary cap prior to this year Kevin Fiala's career high in points was 54 
set two years ago um, in the 2019-2020 season um, with the Minnesota Wild, as well as his his career high in goals of 23. Um, The guy has had a real tough time. Like, this is his first real breakout year, and I... I like Kevin Fiala. I think he's a good player, and I'm sure he will probably live up to this contract. He's going to get a lot of opportunity in L.A. But that's a lot of money to hand out to a guy who has had one proven season at this production. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, it, I, I, I also like Fiala a lot. But like you said, like he's 25 right now, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. Or so, somewhere around there. And he's had struggles he looks good and i like watching him a lot but he he mm-hmm. hasn't been consistent enough i think for a seven-year deal but i'm no. sure he's loving it he gets to go move to la move from minnesota yeah. to la like nothing against minnesota but like la take that all day you just walk into that city with a nice paycheck um i i look at the biggest examples for me um to before that trend started with the rfas kane and taze just because it was an easy team to follow for me. Um, they they had bridge deals between their uh, their early contracts to their ten and a half million dollar paydays. And the thing I liked about that was um, they won something before yeah. they got awarded the money. I feel like that's the way it should be. You know, take you know win something for this team, earn that money, and then it's you know whatever you earned it, you brought a championship here or. You brought something of value that made our organization more valuable, you know. And I just I feel like money is awarded a lot easier now uh, to RFAs, which is a great thing for the players. I think players should be make as much money as they can. I don't. It's just like the salary cap isn't budgeting, so like. But this money just seems to be getting thrown out easier and easier. So who knows? Look, I I don't fault Kevin Fiala for taking this deal either. No. Anyone in their right mind would. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just an interesting uh, deal. And yeah, I agree with you. I think LA's picked up a really good piece here. Um, I, he's going to get top line minutes uh, power yep. play. So um, hopefully he works out in LA, uh, a team that's on the up and up. Going the other way, uh, 22nd overall pick this year in the first round. So we can't really gauge what that is probably for a few years um but brock faber a uh went over him a little bit a few minutes ago but uh plays for the university of minnesota this past season had 14 points in 32 games had two goals um on the olympic stage he had one uh assist in four games and has been a plus um pretty much in every single either tournament or season he's played uh since since his uh really young days um like before u17 so seems see from what i've read he seems like a very defensively reliable defenseman um from the state um but some wild fans i've seen uh think think he's maybe a little got a little bit too much stock in him um don't not sure what to see still a young kid and uh, hopefully it pans out for the Wild. And I, this is what they need to do, right? Those buyouts have really cap-strung them. I think a $12 million uh, penalty is against them this year. I think it's $14 million next season. So that's what they kind of got to do. They kind of got to keep cycling guys through, keeping these con- – you know, really hoping these rookies hit. And everyone that's sad that, oh, how are they going to re- replace Fiala? They did it already. His name's Matthew Boldy. Yeah. And that kid is good as well. I'm excited to see him. He's going to have a good career. Um, and yeah, I, I like you said, I wouldn't panic if you're a Minnesota fan. You got to take some risks and move some people. And who knows? Maybe this kid's going to pan out for them. Like hometown guys seem to always love playing for their city. So, um, Big trade happened today. I want to take you back. Uh, it was six years ago. You've seen this post. Yeah. Everyone's seen this post. Six years ago today, the craziest, uh, I think it was 30-some minutes happened in NHL history. <laughs> Taylor Hall for Adam Larson, one for one. By the way, six years later, the Oilers won that trade. Yeah. <laughs> 100%, which no one has said for the last six years, but yeah. they won that no trade one, No somehow. one saw that coming. Not at all. Uh, Subban for Weber. Two guys that are no longer with the organizations they were traded to. Both went to the cup finals once. No one no one really overly won that either. Yeah. Um, 
And Steven Stamkos signed his big extension to stay in Tampa when a lot of people thought he was going to go to Toronto. Um, kind of. Do you remember kind of where you were that day? I rem- I was at a water park. I remember checking my iPod and seeing <laughs> that, uh, seeing that all this happened. I thought, what the hell? No, I don't think I remember specifically where I was, but um, yeah, that that was crazy. I seeing that update in the end, like I I couldn't believe any of it to be honest. The NHL should make a rule now that every year they have to trade at least two players that are making over $6 million <laughs> just to switch things up. Just to get something going, you know? Get just to change up. Some, you know, like, uh, what do they call those fantasy drafts and, like, the NHL games and stuff? They should just do that one year. Just one year, have everyone up on free agency and you just have to draft? <laughs> just for one season, though, and then after that it goes back yeah. to regular. It goes back <laughs> to the way it was. Toronto would still lose in the first round. They would get McDavid, McCarr, Hedman, and Vasilevsky, and they wouldn't make the playoffs. Yeah. They'd find a way they to screw it up. They would find a way. Um, yeah, that that was a, a big day in, in history. Just, I don't know. Try it out, NHL. Try some fun things. Yeah. Why not? Um, we got some uh, other free agent news. Uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins obviously have some big cornerstones of the franchise that are up. Uh, with UFA status this year, Chris Letang and Evgeny Malkin. So as of right now, uh, it doesn't appear that Malkin and, and the Pens are, are really close um, on a deal. Uh, Letang is looking for a five-year deal north of $8 million. Um, the guy's in, in his mid-30s. That is extremely a lot of money. Um, I want to read to you what, what Brian Burke had to say today, the, the president there in Pittsburgh. Everyone loves Berkey. Um, <laughs> we would like to bring both back but they've got to come at term and money that makes sense. And if not, they're not coming back. That's what people should be clear on. We want them back, but at the numbers that make sense and won't leave us handcuffed in cap space. So we have to figure out what Latang wants to do and what Malkin wants to do. Once we determine that, then other pieces will fall into place. For now, we're waiting on those two. That might not be the case much longer. We should know in the next little bit with both players, one has to sign than the other or maybe neither, but it's coming to a head soon. We've made determined efforts to sign Latang, less determined with Malkin, only because we have to know how much money we have to work with. It's a puzzle right now, and I wish we had more pieces in place to make it more clear, but it's hard to even venture to guess where we'll end up. The biggest thing that sticks out to me in that quote, and maybe I'm looking a little bit too much into this, I just read that on a post, um, a little less with Malkin. Which, yeah. if I'm Evgeny Malkin, I'm almost insulted in a way. Like, yeah. Um, I, I don't. That guy is a Hart Trophy winner for your team. Um, had always carried the load whenever Crosby wasn't there, and to kind of just show that you're not as much of a priority as as the other cornerstone. I, personally, it would rub me the wrong way to hear it like yeah. that. Um, in all honesty, I think it's kind of been just uh, coming to this conclusion anyway, where Malkin ends up leaving the Penguins, and maybe maybe I'm looking too much into this. I guess uh, we could see I, I could see Malkin just not being as interested as well, um, and that that could be the case too. Yeah, maybe he just doesn't care. Maybe he's asking for the money and. He's not going to budge because he doesn't care if he stays or goes. And it's, he just knows it's – or he's okay with trying something else, I guess. This kind of perfectly relates to what I mentioned about with Kane and Taze um, not a few moments ago about how they got their money after they earned it. You know, guys like Malkin and Latang, they're so beloved by the fans in Pittsburgh and did so much for that organization. Um, I guess maybe personally, like if you were in a GM's position and you look at those two guys and all they did for you – does it kind of not go, okay, maybe obviously the business mindset of you has to always look to keep winning, but does part of you not look and say, we want you to retire on this club, you know, we, we'll pay what it takes to get you back here because we want you to retire in a Pens uniform. Yeah, and I think maybe uh, Berkey said it the best way then, just that to look at it, we want them, but it needs to make sense, and I think that's what it comes down to because that's some pretty crazy money for Latang, especially for his age like Latang's a great defenseman though like it's not like he's aged much he plays great at 35 but still you gotta 
you got to really consider if that's going to make sense or not. So mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't blame them for either action that they take. I, yeah, and I Penguins, we've seen it. I mean, four for consecutive first-round exit. We've seen the writing on the wall. Like, it, it, this team has been probably due for a rebuild the last three or four years um, to kind kind of retool. And um, obviously, obviously, if it was Crosby, it's different. You're yeah. giving the moon and the stars for that guy. He's been the face of the organization. He saved the franchise, really. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's just going to be, like, Looking at Malkin or Latang in, in a different colored uniform, I don't know. That's going to take some some time to get used to, and just seeing the Penguins not uh, run by those three is going to be something odd. Yeah, it, whatever ends up happening will be weird. I'm sure. I I, I cannot imagine Gino in any other uniform. It'll be gross. I yeah. wouldn't like it. it it's going to be could, wrong. He could come to Chicago, and I'd be like, I nah, don't want you here. Nah. doesn't look good. Yeah. Take your 71 somewhere else. <laughs> um, we're going we're gonna to play a little game here, just just a quick little game. We're going we're gonna to play stay or go. I've got the top 12 UFAs coming up this offseason with free agency coming up. I'm just going to name them. You tell me if they're staying with, with the team they're on or if they're heading elsewhere. Number one, Johnny Goudreau. Man, that's a tough one to start on. Uh, I'm going to say go. I know okay. all my, all the Flames fans are against me on that, and I agree. I'm, I agree. I'm with you. He's gone, and I think it's a little more obvious than Flames fans wanna to wanna recognize. Um, I, let's get right back on the pens. Chris Letang, do you think they find a way to get him back? Nah, I don't think not, so. Not at eight million for five no. years. Not a chance. Um, Philip Forsberg in Nashville had a had a career best this year, forty two goals and forty two assists for eighty four points. I don't think he stays either. I think he's gonna try something else. Uh, Can you if, blame him? No, exactly. That's what I was gonna say. Is he just had a career year, so he's gonna want to make an impact on a team that can actually make a deep run. No offense to Nashville, but they just do not have the package right now to do what he wants to do. Fair enough. Uh, I I agree with you as well on that one. Nazem Kadri. Nah. <laughs> he's gone. No, he's going to want uh, some money. Absolutely. Uh, the Capitals have been the uh, uh, suggested, suggested landing spot for him with Nicholas Backstrom's return. Uh, not known. Yeah. Uh, John Klinberg in Dallas. That's a good one. Um I could also see that going either way. I'll say he stays there, but interesting. He he, li- I feel like he likes the team. Uh, I've never really heard any bad news about him. So was it not Klinberg though? I, I'm gonna disagree with you because I sure. feel like it was Klinberg who was asking for a trade. Not that. Oh long yeah, ago. I think you're right. Actually, um, he he was very not content yeah with where he was at in dallas i don't know if the playoff run maybe changed things but it would or maybe bo- bonus being got like he's he's an offensive defenseman right like that guy used to put up a good amount of points and really hasn't been able to do so and maybe bonus played a part in that yeah um maybe now with pete DeBoer, it, it encourages him to stay but i i really don't see Klinberg going back to the big d yeah i forgot that had happened but i do now that you brought it up i remember so makes more sense um uh, patrice bergeron they make a way like he's gonna stay yeah <laughs> like <laughs> is that is that not another guy you picture in another uniform and you just can't? i wouldn't watch him play anywhere else that's just you know can't not even in him. calgary no way that... him and sean monahan on the first <laughs> line you see Sean Monahan got a park named after him and Brandon. I did see that. <laughs> just Sean Monahan Park. Just fancy. Good good for him, man. Yeah, pretty cool. Um Evander Kane. <laughs> he's going. He's going. There's he's no heading, way. He's heading to Vegas. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I shouldn't joke about that, but um <laughs> it's okay. yeah, it's, he's it's he's not going he's not going back to Edmonton. No. Um, Andrew Kopp in, on the Rangers. Oh, I, I honestly forgot he was on the Rangers. Even he performed really well with them. Yeah. Uh, I think they could keep him because they might have to lose a few guys. So I think I think it'd be smart to keep him. Yeah. I think he's a guy that fits into to their system really well. Um, nice physical forward with a good two way game. 
Darcy Kemper on the Avalanche. I f- I feel like the Avs got a shot for a better goalie. No offense to Kemper because he did play great in the end here, but I I think they should. I think they'll keep him, but I think they should shot for another goalie. Okay, okay, interesting. There's a lot of talk that maybe France Sos gets a run at the starter, which would be yeah. Uh, a, a different way to go as well. Uh, Evgeny Malkin. I imagine this is probably the same as yeah. Latang. Yeah, we'll, we'll chalk it up. Uh, Jack Campbell, number eleven, the Toronto Maple Leafs. I don't. The Leafs love to not keep their goalies that don't immediately win them a cup for some reason, and then they go on to do absolutely great wherever they go because so, they yeah. give up on it too quickly. I think they're going to keep Campbell, but I really, I think they are. Um, but I don't want them to. I I, I want him to go somewhere else because he's such a sick guy and he mm. deserves a better fan base behind him because, man, yeah. that guy gives everything to the team he's on. Yeah. Interesting. That That is a tough one to call. I don't know what they're going to do. Um, I think he's gone as well, or I think he's gone. But um, And then number 12, this one's a complete toss-up for me. I know Ottawa's been mentioned on him. Uh, Claude Giroux. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, that guy went from one franchise falling into the dumps to one where no one cared about. Yeah, <laughs> in the back half. Uh that one's tough because like he's a great player and like he'll rebound wherever he goes and play great. So I don't know. I think that the best way to describe that is a toss up. To give an answer, I'll say I'll say stays just for the fun stays of it. in Florida for the fun of it. Claude Giroux wants to soak up the sun, baby. Yeah. He's got to match his skin with his uh, beard color. <laughs> nice tan red. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, th- those are the top 12 uh, UFAs that we've got. Um, last bit of news that I I want to end on, um, at least before we get into to something a little serious. Uh, the uh, Hall of Fame... Uh, Hockey Hall of Fame announced its uh, candidates or uh, inductees this year. Um, and Riley Barton, uh, why don't you go and tell me the three that you're probably most excited for? Oh, well, uh, let me think about that for you. Uh, sadly, my Luongo jersey is not in my apartment right now because it doesn't fit me because I got it when I was Are we sure 12. Jim Benning isn't on the committee? Oh, I'm pretty sure he, he was there, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we got the reason I ever even played hockey roberto luongo uh being inducted and i don't think anyone else could deserve it more and then along with him two of his great line mates the sedin brothers who i mean they they were like the embodiment of what chemistry on the ice is and really made me understand the game a lot better just by watching them on the ice so all three of those guys completely deserve it a thousand times over a hundred percent uh roberto luongo fourth all time uh, in wins um, for a goaltender in the NHL, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, he has. Uh, he's second behind only Marty Brodeur in games played, shots against, and saves. Yeah. Which is crazy. He played over a thousand games as a goalie. Beast. That's insane. <laughs> and How you know what? I think that? he could have kept playing too. I think he retired a little bit early. He could have put in a few more years if he wanted to. Interesting. I I think he was toast personally. That five hole was wider than it yeah, had ever that, been in he, his career. That was rough for a while there, but <laughs> um, Henrik and Daniel, uh, these ones uh, personally for me, yeah, they a hundred percent deserve to be there. Uh, Henrik captain the Knucks for eight seasons, um, finished with uh, over a. 1,070 points with 830 of those being assists and just over 1,300 games. He won an Art Ross Trophy and a Hart Trophy in 2009 and 10, a two-time recipient of the King Clancy Trophy and 78 points in 105 playoff games. Yeah, can't ask for much more. Um, Daniel Sedin, often the finisher of his brother's passes, was a winner of an Art Ross Trophy as well and a 10 Lindsay Award in 2010 and 11. With 393 goals and 1,041 points in 13 in just over 1,300 games, with 71 points in 102 playoff games. So, the brothers, like you said, they they were chemistry that we have never seen um, in the NHL before. I believe 
there's a stat here uh, from Sportsnet that uh, they they both factored in on the same goal 743 times at the NHL level, yeah. which ranks second all time just behind Gretzky and Curry. Yeah, and that doesn't even count because it's Gretzky. Like he's just yeah. everything deserved. It's just, it belongs to him. So, <laughs> um, the where a lot of people call out uh, maybe these guys that don't deserve to be in is is the no Stanley Cup. Um, Luongo is one of the best goalies of all time. Uh, statistically, the Sedins, whatever you want to, if the Stanley Cup holds them back from their eligibility, then let's just put them in there for being awesome human beings. Because I don't think yeah. anyone has ever spoken a bad word about those two ever. Nope, just the people that didn't like them for being good, but like that just happens, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, very deserved. Uh, kind of cool. We're starting to see players that that we grew up watching. Yeah, get it was inducted consistently. That was weird to see to me. I was like, damn. Um, another guy who I personally uh, loved watching in Ottawa, Dan. I should also mention the Sedins uh, won a gold medal in 2000, uh, 2006 with Sweden. Daniel Alfredson, uh, who yeah. played um, for Sweden 14 times, winning gold as well in 2006 and silver in 2014. Um, he collected 100 points in 124 playoff games for the Ottawa Senators, and he spent um, 17 of his 18 seasons with um, – the Ottawa Senators putting up 444 goals over 1,100 points in just over 1,200 games. The guy was the face of the Senators franchise for a while, and it's great to see that he's getting uh, the recognition he deserves. He was he was so fun to watch, man. That era of Senators with Alfredson, Spezza, yeah. and Heatley was unreal. Yeah, I was going to say, like, what a treat he was to watch back in the day, just growing up, seeing his highlights all over Sportsnet and yeah he, yeah, he deserved it. it. It was no question when he was up there. So, another another class act of a guy too. Um, yeah, something about those Swedes—they're just the most polite people you'll ever meet. Yeah, they're raised right over there. Yeah. I don't know what to say. Um, and, and it's really nice that he's he's kind of gone back into the organization. Uh, there was a lot of rift between him and owner, uh, former owner Eugene Melnick. Um, a lot of it stewed back to to their contract negotiations when in 2013, where Alfredson then went on to play his last season with the Red Wings, where he had 49 points in 60 games. Like yeah. Alfredson was not <laughs> like washed at that point by <laughs> any means. Um, but uh, obviously the the passing of Eugene Melnick, uh, no one likes to see it, but it has brought I think a little Alfredson a little bit bit closer to to the organization. And uh, kind of just back into hockey, which is awesome to see because I think he's another one of those guys that can be a great ambassador. Yeah. Um, for the game. Um, couple of other, uh, and the other inductees was uh Herb Carnegie, uh, and this is a tweet from David Singh. Now I don't want to go too in depth with this just because uh I I don't know much about this story. I recommend you go look up uh, Herb Carnegie. It 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 is fascinating to read about, and definitely deserves the nomination. So. It, Tweet from David Singh. Herb Carnegie was supposed to be hockey's Jackie Robinson. He was denied entry to the NHL because he was black. And um, basically, uh, from what I know, um, he won the Quebec Provincial League MVP honors in 1947 and 48. He had 48 goals and 127 points in 56 games. Damn. Um, but when he was off, he was invited to the Rangers training camp in 1948, but uh, was a little bit miffed when the minor league contract they offered was less money than he was earning playing for Quebec, which is awful. And, yeah. Um, so sadly, uh, he, he never uh, played in the NHL. He was inducted to the Canada Sports Hall of Fame in 2001 and the Ontario Sports Hall of Fame in 2014. Finally getting his recognition um, uh, in th the uh, Hockey Hall of Fame, which is great to see. Uh, if you want to read more details about that, go look up Herb Carnegie. Um, it it's a great read. And uh, the final inductee, uh, I forgive me if I mispronounce this, uh, Rika Salonen, um, the first woman not born in North America to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. 
16 seasons on Finland's national team, winning two Olympic bronze medals um, and one silver and six bronze medals at the World Championships and is the all-time leading European scorer in international women's hockey. Yeah, couldn't be more deserved then. Great Great to see. Um, It it is a really great ballot. There's uh, some people that uh, are a little miffed with some of the people left off. I know Jennifer Botterill has been getting a lot of steam the last few years, as well as uh, uh, Mike McGillney, which... Let, let's just get him in there already, guys. He should be there. I don't. I. I. I get there's other people that need it too, but uh, let's get him in there already. Yeah. Um, that's uh, that's pretty much all I had. Riley, the last thing we'll cap off on. Um, we had actually done an episode talking about the situation with with Hockey Canada and that uh, assault. Unfortunately, uh, the file uh, didn't record properly. Um, we had talked about it, um, and now there there are some. Uh, uh, big corporations pulling out of, of sponsorships um, for the upcoming World Juniors. They're not uh, supporting Hockey Canada as of right now. Uh, the biggest ones I can think of off the top of my head, Canadian Tire, uh, Scotiabank, Tim Hortons, I just think announced today they're not going to be yeah. sponsoring the event. Um, it's just, uh, Riley, I, I don't, I don't uh, you know, we went over it a lot in depth. It, it really sucks that we that episode kind of got canned because it was important to talk yeah. about. But uh just an awful situation and i completely understand and quite frankly support uh, yeah the, these companies it's completely out. justified um and it, that's that's the kind of thing that needs to happen is those sponsors need to be the ones making because they make the most noise right they they bring in yeah. the money so that's the biggest impact when that stuff happens and it's that's kind of where the change is made so it's good to see that that's happening at least um, and, and the reason we don't talk about this stuff more, um, it, it's, it's very sensitive topics and it, it's not that we don't think they need to be talked about a hundred percent. They do. We, we spent that man. We probably spent 20, 25 minutes. Yeah, on it was that, a why it was a good chunk of that episode talking about how the, the culture and hockey needs to change. Um, starting from well, uh, young, it's not the first incident we've seen. It's not going to be the last. We're finally seeing a lot of people speak out. Uh, I think since that Kyle beach incident, which is what we need. Um, but we, I, I feel like we don't, a big reason we don't, we don't dive deep into these sensitive topics more than maybe we should. Um, there, there's a lot of reporters out there that, that cover it better than us, that, that are more in tune with the story than we are. Um, and, and the last thing I think we want to do is mix up facts and, uh, get things wrong for you guys. So I'm going to recommend, uh, if you, if you haven't seen this situation with, with Hockey Canada and the the sexual assault lawsuit. Um, go go look it up on on TSN from Rick Westhead. He, he's a very exceptional journalist. Investigative yeah, journalist his report was really good on it. It covered so much. I went and read it, and yeah, like he's gonna do a better job than we could in oh yeah forever. So it's just the best way to to learn about it is going through there. Yeah, uh, just uh, yeah, you're gonna get the most information. He also uh, covered the the whole Kyle Beach uh situation with, with the blackhawks in 2010 so uh just a fantastic reporter uh he can give you the best insight on it so we thought but uh when we talked about it we just thought we we should you know talk about how the culture needs to change and yeah. um it, it's whatever punishments handed down i i think is fair uh if if it comes so yeah i do these sponsors pulling out a hundred percent understand and uh quite frankly i support yeah I couldn't agree anymore. Uh, um, anything else you want you want to add on, Riley? Let's not end this sad. Uh, um, oh, oh, guys, biggest accomplishment of my life a few weeks ago. I can't believe I didn't mention this on the podcast. I hit platinum <laughs> in Rainbow Six Siege. <laughs> yeah, round of applause for Tanner and that huge accomplishment. Ah! So proud of you, buddy. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was two years in the making. That's a great. I got siege because I was so bored during COVID, and my God, is that learning curve on that game hard to get around? Holy smokes! Yeah, you know, I've tried it a few times, and it's it's definitely it's something you got to stick to once you get into it. Or like, you take a week off of that game, and you it's all at the window. All the progress Dude, you made I, is gone. I played COD one night in between yeah. my siege run, and I got back on the game. I was lost. Yeah, I couldn't do it. Game um, over. What uh, what games are you rocking right now? 
uh heavily on the valorant grind and god i am so bad it's crazy <laughs> so the season just reset um so all of our ranks disappeared we got a re-rank for the season yeah. so i was i finished silver silver one i think so like yeah. half decent um and so i i need to play one more rank game to get my rank and it has been off we've been outmatched every game we're getting destroyed and i'm probably going to be put in like the worst rank in the game and i think oh, i'm, I'm no. okay with it because i need to be down there to get better because i'm playing kids that are way better than me and i'm just getting destroyed and it's not fun so but whatever um, hopefully it's better season i'm sure it will be yeah um i've been big on the fall guys right now oh it yeah it finally came out on xbox so like oh, it's did kinda, it yeah it's it's nice. popular right now so i've kind of been running that game there's uh one of my friends bought the battle pass for it man that's no gonna way. be the biggest waste of money ever we've been on um, we've been on fortnite a little bit throwing it back to that because of the no build mode so those are the two yeah. games that i've been into right now but that bringing back that no build man they needed to do that because it, <laughs> it saved, was getting out it, of yeah hand. it brought back a good good group of fans so but then there's uh, still people that are too sweaty on that like you go to no build mode, and there's these guys like somehow jumping around like maniacs, sliding you, all over the place. I'm like, okay, okay. You, you obviously play in like a group. Like, do you yeah. have that one person in your group that is the biggest loot whore? Like, out of you guys, <laughs> uh, I, everyone. That's the problem. Call, it's all four of my, us. I'm calling out my one friend by name, Jordan. I don't care. He's the <laughs> biggest loot goblin ever. We'll be fucking sitting there, just free to revive, and this guy refuse. He's got to make sure he grabs all crack the, best the gun shit first. first. <laughs> Before i'll get you in a second and it, it'll be like at a crucial moment too like you're still mid yeah. fight and he goes to grab loot before rezzing you and then when he's rezzing you they're right there yeah and then he gets mad when you don't res him or that he lost in a fight he's like what where was the help <laughs> i don't know you took all the loot <laughs> yeah, do it yourself man yeah uh, oh yeah good good time good time for games right now for yeah. me personally but i've been uh, having fun too I I'm think trying working to get a... during the day makes gaming a lot better. Yeah, it makes it more, you appreciate it more. Yeah, it's like, ah, you're like, oh. I'm home now, and I can just play video games and do whatever I want. <laughs> um, any other news you want to want to touch on, Riley, here before before we finish off? No, not really. Uh, we got Canada Day coming up. Super excited. Uh, long weekend. You know what I was just thinking of? The 4th of July in the States is like, the be all end all like the if the world was ending they'd want it to be july 5th so july 4th would be their last day oh, yeah. it's not like that here with canada no day. Like, it's like what do you guys want to do it's like maybe someone will have a barbecue or something like it's it's all hot dogs and beer down there and just pure celebration yeah beer. no it's, one goes to work it's the not next like day. That. like yeah no and here the, the most you'll get i don't know maybe it's just like the age we are but like it's usually just like celebrations like through the city or something yeah like, like i used I've to never... go to parades in my home like in okotoks in my hometown and they like like i would do that maybe every year but not it's not like it was the end of the world if we didn't go we just went to it to do something and then like went home and had like a little barbecue but they yeah yeah if they die in that celebration down there there that's that's the way to go like it's like yeah they're like exactly. vikings you know they're going to valhalla it's it's like uncle sam it's like maybe like their their version of easter uh uncle sam <laughs> resurrects for one day and they're like this is we gotta go we gotta all go out. all out for uncle sam <laughs> um i don't know what the equivalent would be like that here probably like august long or may long or something like probably like uh if a canadian team ever wins a cup that's that's what the equivalent would be the habs won the conference final last year the yeah. city almost collapsed i mean vancouver lost the cup final and the city did collapse so imagine if any city won like i i'm the more it goes on without a team in canada winning a cup the more scared i am for whatever team wins <laughs> the cup because it's gonna be devastating for whatever city like it's gonna be crazy unless it's ottawa ottawa's would just be tamed i don't know ottawa, like i feel like they capacity. could come out pretty decently like they have a fan base but not a lot of them are in ottawa right like they they're in ontario and or toronto sorry i think a lot of like 
there's also that uh, LeBreton Flats deal that seems to be getting underway for the Sens now, which is really good yeah. because uh, it'll right be downtown. a lot closer for a lot of fans to get to, and that building can actually get filled up. Um, yeah, we we got the draft coming up. I believe free agency is two days or two two days two weeks away from uh, from today. Yeah, and uh, it's an exciting time. There's going to be we've seen a big move already today. There's some other big names on the trading block, so. Uh, Riley, I think I think we'll end it here. Uh, great episode, great year of hockey, um, it, both on and off the ice. In terms of you know, we're really starting to to change the culture of the sport and move uh, moving towards a better direction. So uh, I'll let you close this one out, Riley. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know when we'll make the next episode. Just when there's enough news to make an episode on, we'll come. We'll we'll, we'll send one out. But um. Besides that, yeah, it's been a great season. Not as many episodes as last season, but we got caught up. We had a lot going on. Um, it's okay. We yeah. had one in the studio. That's all that matters. I know. That's all that mattered was we had one sick podcast. We had two, actually. Just didn't one of them didn't work again. <laughs> yeah, we had two. Ep- we would have had two more episodes this year, but they yeah. both got canceled. I'm sure we would have had more if that first one worked. Yeah. But they probably would have encouraged us to go yeah. a little more. <laughs> <laughs> Morale was down after that. <laughs> all right but yeah anyways everyone thanks for listening great season congrats to the colorado avalanche and the few fans i know shout out to you guys go have some drinks for the team and yeah peace out and uh final congratulations to the st john sea dogs who won the uh memorial cup k everybody bye <laughs>